South Connection Podcast Network listeners, welcome to Dirty War Wrestling Above Replacement. I am JT, and joining me, as always, my partner on this project is Marcus. Marcus, how are you? JT, doing well. Uh, excited to be here with you talking about uh, this much, I don't know, maligned is, is the right word? Um, but it, it's definitely an interesting time uh, to be talking about NXT in this season. Yeah, it's uh, we're kind of nearing the halfway point of already this season, which is crazy. Sheesh, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll see if your uh, preconceived notions continue on as well. No comment there? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, won't tip my hand too much. Okay, okay. Well, listen, if you're new to the show, we implore you to head back to episode one just to hear the, the layout. And how we organize this thing. But basically, it's a plus-minus system. We're watching every dirty pay-per-view ever, but we're doing it in a seasonal format, which to me starts with the uh, the pay-per-view after WrestleMania. It ends with the following calendar year's WrestleMania. So, for instance, we started with the 94-95 pay-per-view season, began with King of the Ring 94, ended with WrestleMania 11. We've done that season. We've done 2011 to 2012. We have done 1999 to 2000. And now here we are in NXT 2018 to 2019. And uh, we're going to stack rank all these pay-per-views based on our plus minus system, which breaks down each pay-per-view uh, into various categories. As part of that, we do give every match on the card a grade. 
those grades net out. We'll get into the math behind that in a moment. But Marcus, do you want to quickly just run down the categories that we rank each of these shows on? Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, first category is build. So any memorable moments, um, anything that happened leading up to the event itself, commentary, we give plus minus to that. The atmosphere of the show, so anything from sets to the crowd reaction, uh, notable moments and importance, match grades, card structure, rewatchability, all-time matches, and then that is how we get our total score. All right, so we're going to start tonight with the 2018 UK Championship Tournament Night 2. Uh, we did Night 1 at the end of our last episode, so we're going to finish that, and then we're going to continue on tonight with uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4. So a couple of big shows, at least one really big show coming up tonight. Mm-hmm. We'll see how night two does. Night one finished surprisingly high for us, Marcus, uh, with a score of 21.75. And that finished uh, inside the top 10 for us right now heading into this. So were you surprised at night one? I think I was. I did not expect us to go that high on it. Yeah, really surprised, especially me trying to sandbag uh, the event itself. Uh, me taking a little bit lower on this season so far than you. Um, but yeah, overall, it was just a really solid show with a good amount of matches. Uh, definitely the tournament structure of the show helped that uh, in that scenario. So I think I think so far we're seeing like, even though NXT may not have a bunch of promos, um, it may not have a bunch of angles and stuff going on in the shows themselves. The matches and uh, the match quality definitely is uh, holding the weight. And also, uh, there's not a lot of negatives. You know, that's what we've seen mm. so far early on here, too. Like, it, it's a, a lot of positives. What's interesting is, you know, how much once we get to the tighter NXT takeovers, like, you know, we started with Chicago 2, which was a full show full figured show as kramer would say um but like the, <laughs> these uk tournaments have a lot of matches compared to the standard takeover so what i'm gonna be interested in is when we get to the true takeover stretch here like brooklyn four war games two you know how are they going to uh pile up their points with such short cards like are they going to be struggling because of that or will the overall match quality which outpaces greatly a lot of the other you know, dirty pay-per-views we've covered, dirty pay-per-views we've covered. Will they outpace those such by such a you know bunch to like make up that ground? So they may pick up five less points because of shorter matches, but we may pick up an extra five because the match grade quality is so high. Right. All right. So why don't we break it down? We're gonna start, like I said, with the UK Championship Tournament 2018 night two. This occurred on June 19th from London, England, inside the Royal Albert Hall. And this is more of just like a random mishmash of matches. Uh, the tournament in its you know own right ended on night one. So we know that Zach Gibson won the tournament. He'll challenge Pete Dunne on the show. So we're going to get into the actual uh, card itself now. We'll go through the matches. Uh, the way we break down the match grades, Marcus, is I give it a grade. You give it a grade. We average that grade out. We round up to the nearest quarter star. And then we either plus minus that from our average grade, which is a two and a half. So, for example, if, you know, I gave it a, a match of three, you gave it a three and a half, that nets out to three and a quarter. Three and a quarter is 1.25 above replacement level for us, right? Everything is a plus minus above replacement level for us. So, uh, on the flip side, if the net average grade is a one and a half, that's a full minus off of replacement level. We tally up that plus minus to give us a total score for match grades. So, everything here tonight, 
you know, if it's a plus, that means we think it was something above a replacement level. If it's a minus, it's something below or what would be considered replacement level, which is just average, yep. which uh, us too is, you know, two and a half grade is average. Absolutely. And nothing wrong with being average. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. All right. Uh, dark match. Laguero defeated Mike Hitchman. We did not cover that, but we did cover our opener, which is Mustache Mountain taking on Kyle Riley and Roderick Storing, the Undisputed Era. Not the first time we're seeing these two teams tussle, I believe, right? And we see them. Uh, oh, no, it is the first time actually for us. So they were in the six man yes. on night one. Uh, mm-hmm. But here we go now for the NXT tag titles on the line. I mean, this match to me was awesome. Tons of near falls, a lot of creativity. Uh, the finish was really good with a little miscommunication and Mustache Mountain. Uh, you know, I think this is a perfect time to do like a title change for them. It makes this card stand out as special. This crowd was super revved up. It's an awesome way to start the show. Uh, so I went four and a half on this. I liked it a little bit better than Birch and Lorkin versus Strong and O'Reilly at Chicago 2. Uh, I would put this probably a notch below the ultimate NXT tag stuff, right? Which is like DIY and Revival and American Alpha. Like, you know, all that stuff. But it's it's certainly up there. These guys have an amazing series. We're not done with them by far. No, we'll see more. They had some stuff on TV as well. That's great. So it's a really, really strong uh, pairing and they end up unattended uh, and they deliver a great opener here with a title change. Uh, not only is it a great opener, JT, this is an all timer for us because I went mm-hmm. 4.25. Look at you. Match. This is right up my look, man. I love me some undisputed era. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they're awesome. I think they are masters of how to be heels in the modern style. I believe I said that on last episode. Uh, they, they just really know what they're doing. They know how to be heels um, while keeping the crowd engaged and uh, letting them kind of play along, but knowing when to cut that off and take away as well. Mustache Mountain, perfect baby faces to open the show. Super huge moment. Everything you said, I uh, couldn't agree anymore. So uh, we have a all-time match. Awesome. All right. Let's see if it continues. Another one maybe here? Probably not. Our next match... <laughs> Uh, is a women's match. No title on the line, just a singles match. As Charlie Morgan defeated Killer Kelly. We saw Killer Kelly night one, right? Was she part of that? Yes. Um, three-way with Tony Storm. Uh, and I, I thought this is okay. Um, really not much of a response. Coming off that red-hot opener, they kind of, I thought, fell into a, um, a little bit of a rut here. I get they want to showcase Charlie Morgan. They kind of hyped it on night one. But ends up not really connecting with the crowd. They're, they're kind of quiet. It's kind of boring. It's a lot of Morgan selling until the finish. Um, it was short. It just never really got going. Like, it felt like maybe it either needed more time to tell a better story. Uh, but it's a pretty packed card. You know, I, I don't, I'm not against using them here. I just think maybe they should have went squash. Could have been better. If Charlie just, like, crushed her in a minute to just get her over strong. I went two and a half, so it was still average. Like it was fine and suck or anything, but it just it felt like a real, you know, step down after the opener. Yeah, I went two and a half as well. This was kind of a palate cleanser coming off of an all-time match. Um, yeah, it, it was just good. Um, you know, it was, wasn't great. Uh, definitely didn't take away from the show. Uh, like we said earlier, nothing wrong with being average. This was a perfectly fine uh, match. Um, really nothing more to add there. I, I wish it killer Kelly would have got a win. Um, just a, a fan of her style so far. And I think she really stands out from the rest of the women's division, uh, that we've seen, uh, up until this point, but 
you know, I guess keep it, keep things going with uh, another baby face going over early on. All right. So up next, we had a four way match. Noam Dar, Flash Morgan Webster, Mark Andrews and Travis Banks, where the winner would be the number one contender for whoever leaves tonight as the UK champion. So I like that they're trying to put important stuff on this card, like you know, more contender matches, showcase matches, title matches. So they knew night one, the tournament would be the draw. And tonight they're really trying to um, just put some level of importance into things. Of course, Dar 205 live existed already here, right? Yeah. So Dar was pretty well known from that. Uh, Yeah. 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 He had already been on raw. I think he already did the uh, Alicia Fox. uh, Right. Yeah. Going on. So John DeMato's favorite. Johnny D'Amato's favorite gimmick. <laughs> you got to say that for it on Monday Night Raw every night. It was mm-hmm. or every Monday. It was a uh, it was a good run. Yeah, so I mean this is fine. It was again ten minutes, and they really like worked a, a pretty hot pace. Uh, it felt like a little bit longer, so they crammed a lot in. I, I don't begrudge them going with Dar. Like again, he was the the name. I mean, you could have went the opposite way and had him maybe use his name value to put over. Flash Morgan Webster, who looked really good on night one, or even Mark Andrews, or, or even Banks. Like, these are all guys that they're going to be using on UK television. So, um, but again, like, it's fine. Dar's the name guy. I ended up going three and a half. Like, I, I like this a decent amount. They, they crammed a really good pace at 10 minutes. And this, to me, is what you needed to wake the crowd back up after the last match. And they don't need to go, like, super long. Like, this was just perfect. Like, 10 minutes, cut a sprint, wake the crowd back up. Yeah, nice 10-minute four-man sprint. Uh, the Noam Dar surprise was a cool moment. Mm-hmm. Um, him him getting the win also I thought was a good delivery because um, like it's not like the other three expected him uh, in kayfabe sense. So right. made sense that he was able to uh, pick up the win coming back from injury. Was I'm that like a big t- enough surprise for that night? I think so, yeah. Like, I, I think that was a really big deal. Um, especially like him being really young. Like he's I – don't, I, I don't know what a – you know, appropriate comp is for him, but uh, I think they really liked him over there. Uh, I'm just a tick behind you. I went three and a quarter. Um, so, I mean, for me, maybe that is a, <laughs> a four-star match or something like that. But uh, yeah, this was, this was really good. I, I enjoyed it. All right. So the crowd is uh, back alive with us here now and they stay alive because Adam Cole, baby defends his NXT North American championship against Wolfgang. Kind of a cool match here, too. We saw Wolfgang in the tournament. Actually, no, was he not in the tournament? Um, I guess not. This I is the first time we saw him here. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Okay. So, cool spot for him to get get there against Cole. Cole was obviously here already because he was in the six-man on night one. So, worked well to uh, just leverage him being uh, on the premises in there. And, and, again, trying to bridge that gap between NXT, you know, the, the main brand and NXT UK. Uh, you know, Wolfgang kept going for his big moves, but just couldn't hit that one big move. And Cole just kept finding different counters and working his offense in. And of course, the crowd is into him as always. So I like this again. It's another 10 minute match and move pretty quickly. Uh, not, you know, it, it may be expected a little bit more for Cole, but I thought it showed at least that Wolfgang could hang with a guy like Cole to establish him for UK. So I ended up going two and three quarters solid, but it just it felt like. um, Hey, local territory like here's the champion from the you know mm-hmm. traveling champion in for the show right and you kind of make wolfgang look strong but he, he loses in just a quality match you're not going to risk anything 
major happening for Cole. Yeah, I was going to say the same exact thing. Like this is like the the a flashback to the days of the traveling champion. Uh, Wolfgang has a match that's not. Uh, I don't know everything is catalog, but uh, I'm just going to guess that this is not a very Wolfgang match. <laughs> this is very much an Adam Cole match and him trying to uh, keep pace and have a mm-hmm. deliver a big time match in a big time spot. Um, I went two and a half mostly because I think because they are trying or at least, you know, on Wolfgang's end, really trying to deliver this big match. Um, right. They throw away some of the storytelling aspects like sometimes. Wolfgang obviously has a size advantage over Adam Cole. Sometimes they play into that with like Cole having difficulty picking him up. And sometimes they completely abandon that storytelling just to do like a hot spot to get to a near fall. Um, So they sacrifice the storytelling for the pop of a false finish. So for me, it's two and a half. Like this was a structurally and like move execution was a really solid match. But um, because of the abandonment of some of the storytelling, I couldn't go any higher. All right, so let's continue our trek here. Our next match is a tag match, kind of another random one, just featuring some NXT stars to help put over this card. Aleister Black and Ricochet, who are being utilized as a team in NXT, part of the Dusty Rhodes Classic, and they've been staying kind of unified in that role. And they take on EC3 and Velveteen Dream. You know, we've been pretty into Dream so far as a character uh, throughout this season from what we've seen. This ended up being a pretty solid tag. They do get a, a decent amount of time. Now this goes over 15 minutes, mm. but the crowd was like super into it. Um, yeah, these are four, at least three guys that are pretty over Not EC three, not so much, but the other three are, are pretty over. The only issue is maybe, um, I don't know, a little bit of a, a shaky finish with dream kind of just like leaving EC three alone. I know EC three is a dick and they kind of present it that way. Uh, I'm fine with black. Oak over strong. Like that's always good, of course. But, um, I just, the finish ended up, I thought hurting this a little bit, but it was still, uh, pretty damn good. And the like just shows that like they put a lot of effort into making this card stand out. So this may be one of our biggest disparities, but I went three and three quarters on this. Uh, but I really like black and ricochet as a team and dream in this season has just been really good. I like Black and Ricochet too. I wish that they would have done a little bit more work to like make those characters intersect other than, hey, it's a Dusty Rhodes classic. Um, Dream and EC3, at least this is heading somewhere. Um, you know, it's, I don't know, like at this point in time, like EC3 is a 8x10 world champ. Like he is jacked and juiced to the gills. Velveteen Dream has all the charisma and, of course, super young at this time. So, like, mm-hmm. You know, how how do you not have him on the card? Uh, I went three. I don't know. At some points, they were just doing too much for me. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, just – I don't think I'm – I don't know. I guess I'm a lot lower just on, like, EC3. And um, for, I felt like Velveteen Dream at this point hasn't exactly – found his style and i think there's a matchup coming up later this season where like he's really going to settle into how to blend the nxt style with like what athletically he should or could be doing uh, as this character so uh, a solid three for me all right next up we had our women's title match we saw tony storm earn that title shot on night one taking on shanna bazzer and I ended up going three and a half on this. So, again, a pretty strong match here tonight. Finish a little shaky. Storm ends up losing by count out. But 
I mean, Baszler did do the uh, Karafuda clutch on the floor. So it's not like Storm just like got run into the steps or something. You know what I mean? Like at mm-hmm. least, you know, Shayna pretty much choked her out with her finisher on the floor and knocked her out. And I get to trying to protect Tony if she's going to be clearly the number one position female on this roster for UK. So you can't beat them all to have all the established stars go over. Um, you had to have someone at least escape here. So I get that you weren't going to, you already gave the titles to mustache mountain. You're not going to do it again here, but this at least makes Tony look like she could hang with Shayna. No real embarrassment going down to her finisher like that. Yeah. Uh, I really like the finish too. I went three and a quarter. Uh, this is almost like a video game finish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I can't get get this. Like I can't work the uh, the submission mechanic on the game. So like I'm just gonna lock in my finisher and then roll in the way, roll in the ring and beat the ten count. Um, I, I like the build up to Storm. I like Baszler being presented as a really big deal. It felt like a mood shift when she came out. Um, I'm really high on Shayna Baszler this season. So uh, I hope to see more of them this season. Um, I don't think we are, but. Um, this was a really, um, really strong match. And like you said, like the title change earlier, probably, I don't know, might've like shown a tan that like, all right, we're not going to get a title change here, but at least it was a really strong heel finish. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They didn't make it like she, like they were both laid out when she dove in the ring or something. I mean, it was clearly a, an attempt to eliminate her <laughs> by doing yeah. that. So, all right. Made event time. Pete Dunne defends his UK title against Zach Gibson, who won the tournament on night one. Uh, a really good match, uh, a good blend of styles. A, a little slow, I think, at times, because that's just Gibson's style, and Dunne kind of you know played along with it. I thought it really picked up at the end into the finish. Like I thought it looked really good. They go almost 20 minutes, and I thought Dunne, this is like a nice, strong quality win for him to be established as the guy on this promotion, right? So it's like, it was a hard-fought, clean win, and it shows the competition's going to be hot, it's going to be stiff on this on this program, and Dunn's going to really be into a, uh, for a battle with all these guys, right? So it almost, like, it really establishes the brand. Even though it's a title defense and he wins, it shows, like, he's in for it every night now, no matter who the guy is. Whether you've heard of him or not, you're going to learn all of them. So I went three and a quarter. There was a strongman event. And I think they did a nice job setting their champion up for their, you know, burgeoning promotion. Yeah, I went three and a half. Uh, I really like this matchup. Uh, the only, only thing I didn't really like was like kind of like a, it wasn't a flat finish by any stretch, but like we sat through like three hours of a tournament to get to this match. And then mm-hmm. the dude that you're, you've invested in, like whether or not you like Gibson, you've invested all this time. And, you know, watching him win three matches to get to this point uh, and to see him come up short was kind of like, uh, what was the whole point of everything I just watched? But uh, we did get a lot of good matches out of it, and it did add some prestige to the title. You know, this is how hard guys will fight just to get an opportunity at this title. This is a really solid defense uh, to get things started. Um, and as we move into the NXT UK era, so three and a half for me. All right, so that's the entire card. Our grades net out to a five, uh, 6.25. So, I mean, that's a pretty strong show mm-hmm. in ring. I mean, that's like our best stuff is what? Usually like around seven and a half to eight. Yeah. I would say is like kind of our peak, um, 
you know, if we look back real quick to like one of our best in-ring shows, let's call it like SummerSlam 11 was a seven, Money in the Bank 11, seven and three quarters. So, like, that's kind of your best in-ring stuff for us right now. Uh, even Chicago 2 only did five and a half. So mm, we're wow. pretty bullish on uh, the in-ring action here going uh, 6.25. And we actually had that higher than night one. So let's see how the other intangibles, though, if it helps or hurts it, because we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. All right, let's head over to our categories. For builds, we gave a point for uh, really thought they did a good job recapping Gibson's path through the tournament. In case you maybe missed night one, you tune into night two. You were caught up pretty well in the tournament. They they showed you his path. They showed you, they built him up well as a challenger. You know, as a guy that maybe people had just heard of for the first time the night before. Nice job with the six-man tag setting up the tag title match. We give a point there. Same with Storm winning the triple threat, set up her title match. We kind of combine those into one point. So basically the the two number one contender matches the night before did a good job getting the table set for the night two. Uh, you know, a point for Undisputed Era's tough night with the, them losing the tag titles. Cole under fire in his match. He barely escaped. So it really says, like, here's NXT's top stable that's dominating right now and holding all the gold. And they're coming to your territory and they're having like, you know, all kinds of fits trying to escape here. Yeah. And then Wolfgang's climb to the uh, North American title shot was well done too. They really put together a nice video package as to why we should care and why he's a guy that was worth pay- getting invested in for this title shot. Yeah. Uh, as far as the minuses, uh, rush together, number one contender match by Saint, just kind of throwing uh Noam Dar in there. And no real background on why to care about Charlie Morgan, especially with her picking up a win. Um, we had seen more of Killer Kelly, so uh, not exactly sure why to be invested in Charlie Morgan. All right, so then that's out to a two for Bill. So, you know, if you're looking for this to contend with night one, we're already off to a little bit of a shaky start despite the strong matches, but let's see how we continue on. Commentary, you know, we've, Ben, so far, a little bit down on Morrow, right? And the overall commentary mm-hmm. during the stretch. So we'll see if that continues on. Uh, I thought they did a really nice job talking about the history of the NXT tag titles in the past. We've seen these two teams in the opener. I thought Nigel was great when he got over. Oh, I thought we didn't talk about it yet. We'll get to it in a minute. But the coffee boy, coffee boy show, showing up and uh, beating down Mustache Mountain like that was pretty well done. And Nigel really put that over. I thought Morrow did a really good job setting up NXT UK during the uh, opening of uh, Kelly and Morgan during that women's match. Like he sounded almost like mid nineties Vince to me, like just yeah. like was mm-hmm. locked in, explained the concept, explained what the show is going to be, why we should care about it. I thought he just, he just did a really nice promotional job there. And yep. then they did, they did good work talking up storm and Shayna as well, trying to get them over. So I, I, I thought there was a lot of positives to their commentary tonight. Yeah. Um, Glad you pointed that out about Morrow. It was very much like mid-90s Vince where the match is more of a backdrop to like uh, getting some like promotional mm-hmm. stuff in. Uh, so that was cool to see. A little bit of a, of a throwback there. Uh, but let's get into the minuses. We got Morrow being Morrow. And we went minus two. Um, overselling main event drama really made it feel forced. Uh, for me, this is a big sticking point. Pointing out everyone's specialties, which is really just that everybody does MMA training. Um, more screaming and more over-the-top theatrics throughout the night. Um, just kind of took away from each match. Try Like, when you try to make each match feel special, then, like, nothing feels special. And that's kind of, I think, where Morrow gets the minus two for here. 
I would agree. Uh, it, it is a lot of try hard. And I think some of it really has to do too with like the, uh, in the moment pop culture references, which, you know, they resonate a bit at the time, but a lot of them don't hold up. Like some of the stuff is like, what? <laughs> What's even talking yeah. about? You know, some songs and stuff. So it's like, he's not making timeless pop culture references, right? He's making kind of stuff that likely won't super hold up for years to come. Uh, and he's just, he's squeezing so much in. He's like if 30 Rock were a commentator, you know, it's like, <laughs> like it's, it's enjoyable and like it's fun, but it's a lot of work, you know, like you really got to be paying attention and trying to capture everything. And I feel like a re- like 30 Rock as a show has different goals than Morrow trying to get over matches and he busts his ass <laughs> to get guys over. Like I'll give him credit. Like he's he's trying hard to get everything over. I don't think he's making it about himself. He's just. It's it's like it's like peak Bill Simmons as a commentator, you know, like it's Bill Simmons over, overpowering personality. Yeah, trying to like work in a million pop culture references. Yeah. Uh, so negative one for commentary, which is probably pretty strong <laughs> for them overall for us. So maybe you know not the worst night. And Nigel's really good, so he helps balance a lot of this out for sure. Like he's he's strong in that role. Uh, atmosphere. Uh, I love the rowdy chanting from Mustache Mountain getting the show going. Like that was a lot of fun. Really big pop for Noam Dar when he comes out gets added to that match. As always, the crowds are hot for Adam Cole and his entrance. Uh, Velveteen Dream's entrance was great, and the crowd is super into Tony Storm. Point for that, and all the chants throughout the main event. Like that's one of my favorite things about the British crowds is the chants and the um, soccer style stuff. So that was really good. Well, I think the chance giveth and the chance also taketh away because in the minus section, um, aside from everybody being quiet, no uh, real chance going for Kelly and Morgan, uh, the crowd could get a bit too involved sometimes and in taking some of the focus away from the ring where I'm too focused on like, wait, what is the crowd chanting? Uh, or trying to follow along with the rhythm of something I haven't heard before uh, as opposed to paying attention to the matches. So... Pretty strong, though, overall. That's a, a plus four on atmosphere, uh, which, you know, like I said, it always adds a lot uh, when you look at the with the um, overall atmosphere in the uh, British crowds. All right, notable moments. This is where night one really cleaned up. Like, night one had 10 plus 10 on uh, – actually, it was atmosphere and then plus seven on notable moments. So uh, here we had Mustache Mount winning the tag title, so we get a point for that. Noam Dar being positioned as the number one contender for the UK title. Like that was a big moment. Really liked the coffee boys laying waste. That was a really good attack. Tony storm surviving the choke, uh, protected, elevated a loss. against gets a big pop. That was a cool moment. Pete Dunn's X-Plex on the floor was nasty. And then triple H kind of giving the official UK kickoff with the whole roster out there. felt like a special moment too. Uh, so point for that. All right. And for the minus section, uh, Poor Johnny, poor Johnny Saint, uh, really shaky on the mic, not loud, not confident, mm-hmm. just not the best use for him. Understand you want to, you know, get the living legend out there in front of right. the crowd, but um, probably find a different way to do that. Uh, a lot of the matches kind of felt house showish, house showish, um, like Charlie Morgan and Killer Kelly. I think the Adam Cole Wolfgang match felt a little bit like that. I think elements of the um, Black and Ricochet dream ec3 tag match um guys working hard but kind of throttling down a level um 
EC3 feeling and looking over his head and mm-hmm. juice to the gills. <laughs> uh, Gibson maybe not quite ready for the spot, even though um, there is a big tournament. Um, and Dunn carried and uh, just seemed to step off. It's an interesting choice, right, with the tournament, because it's like you kind of want to use it to make a new star. Mm-hmm. But, like, you probably could have picked someone better that could have like went out and had a burner with Dunn to really say like, Holy shit, like this is going to be awesome, you know? And it was still really good, but maybe if you go like, I don't know who else is like banks or something like, I'm trying to think like who. Yeah. They seem pretty in on banks. Someone more of a flyer than like, a like Gibson's is more of a Mac guy. I know that's like kind of more of a British style, but I don't know. I feel like they could have maybe went like someone that was going to war a big dude. Right. Because some of Dunn's best stuff. Hmm. Is with like a, you know Walter and shit. So it's like, could you have done like, um, uh, coffee or whatever? You know what I mean? Or or bull mass stuff even like so, something like that to really let Dunn bounce around. Right. I just think I think Gibson might have been in that weird vec you know vector that like wasn't the best type of guy to work with with Dunn. At least like I'd find on a TV show, or whatever, right? But like on the night where you're trying to solidify, this is gonna be something worth watching. Right, you a know, statement that, event. That's the way to go, right. Yeah. Nope, I, I agree. Yeah, tough on him. Like, admirable decision, but uh, I don't think the results were there necessarily. Right, right. Okay, so that nets us out at uh, two for moments. So not the best moment, Phil, show, which really hurts because the matches are so good. I just think we had done like so many kind of bigger moments on night one. It was like, all right, well, what's really left? I mean, outside of the, some of the title changes, but, and there was also some of the negatives that, that hurt it too. So yeah. uh, 6.25 for match grades, card structure. We gave a point for having just a great opener and it helped kill any fatigue that might've lingered from night one. Uh, so we just get off to a hot start and engage the crowd fully. That may have already been kind of tired from that initial run. Um, you know, the four way really brought the crowd back for the women's match that put them to sleep. We talked about that and then really loading the card with the NXT stars stood out too. Yeah, that was definitely a good call. Uh, nice to see some of the main players, uh, make the trip over, but let's get into the minuses. Uh, Morgan Kelly basically not being needed. Um, Mm -hmm. they really just served as a palate cleanser to get to the four way, which I think would have been hot, uh, without the in-between match. Confusing having Cole as a face against Wolfgang. Now, I thought this was kind of a cool thing to see Adam right. Cole play more of a babyface, but he's bouncing back and forth between like heel and babyface tactics in the match. Mm-hmm. Wolfgang is a really inconsistent um, like character during this match where he feels like a hometown underdog, but he kind of cheats and is like a lot more aggressive in a heelish manner, um, but yet is like trying to gain sympathy at times unfulfilling end to the entire tournament uh just building a heel for dunn to be able to like uh run through and be done with in one night uh felt like a bit of a waste of time and we went minus two there all right so that nets out to a negative yep two so uh shaky card structure overall so you can see where this is starting to get dig now even with the strong matches uh, rewatchability, we give a point to Adam Cole's entrance, which is also you know, it's always awesome to watch, especially in that atmosphere. And Alistair Black's entrance as well, which is always great. Uh, and for the minuses, outside of the super hot memorable opener, uh, the rest of the card, I would say as a whole, felt like a high-level house show. 
Right, like a really damn good house show with a lot of good wrestling, but not a lot of stakes, per se. It felt very much like, okay, the big stuff was done on night one, maybe. I mean, we do have some title matches here. Right. I don't know. It's it's, Yeah. Yeah, it's the moments. You're right. That's what really jumps out. It's it's just a lack of moments. Yeah, everything else is just like, okay, here's a really well-wrestled wrestling match, but uh, everything of consequence is done. Like, you're not going to see any more title changes. You're not going to see any more risk being taken. Um you know, be happy that, you know, the good guy wins, the bad guy loses. Right. Okay. So that nets us out to uh, one for there in a total score of 12.25. So uh, a pretty uh, big step back from night one, really. Did we add the all time match? Oh, no, we did not. So that's uh, I want to miss that one. A session mountain disputed era. So that would be another plus one. So actually looking at 13. Point two five. So, again, I mean, kind of a step down from night one. Still a pretty good score, though. So it's going to um, slide into a decent spot. I mean, it's going to be right outside the top 20, it looks like, for us. So we'll get to that at the end of the night when we recap. But it, it finishes pretty strong with 13.25. Just not as strong as night one. So it's it's a pretty decent disparity for us. But like you said, it's all in the moments. Yeah, um, solid matches, but lacking in the moments. I think that's going to ultimately be the story of this event. Right, right, agreed. Um, all right, anything North South Connection you want to talk about before we move on to our next show? Uh, yeah, I am uh, really excited about Wrestling Warzone. You and Chad Campbell, it is my favorite podcast to listen to. Um, no offense to any of the other fine programming here. Uh on the North South connection, but, uh, I'm really digging, uh, wrestling war zone. And of course that is like right in my childhood. So, uh, I just love hearing all about that era, hearing about the Monday night war and, uh, Aaron's project, the wrestler that was, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we we're a few episodes into that and, uh, I love everything about it. Love Aaron's uh, solo style. Um, and yeah, I'm really enjoying how each episode, uh, varies depending on who he's talking about. Uh, there's right. different emphasis and focuses and specialties that that person brings to the table. So uh, while the format is the same, the delivery and execution of every episode is a little bit different depending on who Aaron's talking about. Yeah, and it's a really cool follow-up to the year that was, right, where he was breaking now full pay-per-view year, similar to what we're doing here. Um, but this really just looks at the whole career, like their fit best matches, their angles, rates them in different stuff. I mean, just a really, really good listen. And if you liked the year that was, wrestle that was is a must as well. I mean, it's just it's such it's such a smooth output and easy to listen to. So um and check out everything else at North South every other Thursday rotating with Wrestling Warzone is Extreme Throwaway Dance. Have a lot of fun on that show myself, Jenny Smith and Matt Souza going through the history of ECW. We're getting really close to nineteen ninety seven. We are getting really close to barely legal 1997, the first ever oh pay-per-view, uh, you know, on the doorstep of the WWF invasion stuff on Raw. So uh, a lot of cool stuff, a big time as I think we're hitting another this shift in the promotion. Like, you know, our little engine that could is kind of becoming the hot band, right? All of a sudden, like, mm-hmm. like everyone's discovering them. So uh, the underground feel is starting to fade a little bit and we're starting to get to be more of a known entity so we'll see how that affects the overall presentation and and how they're um you know putting the show out so check out everything we have to offer here at the north south 
Connection, tons of content coming at you each and every day. All right, Marcus, ready to talk some NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 4? This is a big one. I'm ready. All right, August 18th, 2018. So I was on a little bit of a stretch here of going to um, SummerSlams. We were lucky enough that Scott Criscolo uh, was able to get a hookup, and we got a luxury suite in Barclays. So we were at at SummerSlam uh, uh, 15. 15 was AJ and... No, 15 was Cena Rollins, right? Yes. Yeah, so we were definitely at that one. We were at 16 as well. Um, this one, I went to take over with my buddy Jeff Machado from Jeff Lawrence Wrestling. Uh, I could not stay for SummerSlam, though, because I had a work meeting Monday, early Monday morning. It was just not going to work out. Uh, so we ended up driving back that night. We did not go to SummerSlam, which I believe was that the one with the – what was 18? Was that the four with Braun? Uh, this is, uh, Roman Brock straight up. Right, right. Okay. Where Roman wins the, uh, universal title. Uh, Ronda Rousey. Okay. Yeah. Ronda Rousey with the, are you ready match where she's just very loudly talking to Alexa Bliss the whole match. Right. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Oh, so <laughs> it's also where uh, Maurice pulls out the, uh, brass knuckles. Uh, oh, yes. From the greatest hiding spot in the history of the <laughs> earth. So, <laughs> um, and so, the first year we went to SummerSlam, we did not go to Brooklyn, which I do regret. Um, we did see a fun show. We went to the Ring of Honor show uh, at Coney Island at the baseball park, which was it was really cool. Uh, Kevin was there, so we went to go see him, Kevin Kelly. But friggin' Nakamura was on that show, uh, Okada. Like there was like some stars uh, that we you know at the time just kind of sitting at a baseball field watching them work. But so that was really cool. Uh, but we did miss the Iron Woman match with. Sasha and Bailey, so like kind of regretted that was before takeover was like really takeover. So like it, yeah. it didn't seem like a huge thing to miss it. It wasn't like we didn't know at the time, right, that we were missing something that is going to end up being like insanely incredible. Uh, but we did go uh, to takeover Brooklyn two, or I guess it would have been two, right? Yeah, sixteen. Um, yeah. and Brooklyn three, I don't think we went to that one either. I don't think we went to that weekend at all. So, um, but the crowd for four was great as always. And, you know, I saw a lot of takeovers live, like I talked about in 18, 19. So we mentioning that, and that definitely adds a little bit to uh, my experience. So let's get to the matches. Uh, dark match, Bianca Belair defeated Deanna Parazzo, which oh. is like a crazy ass dark match in 2018. Uh, you know, I, Bianca obviously wasn't quite known yet. I was, you know, just kind of started. We'll talk about her soon. Uh, Diana was known because she was working on. Was she on Impact at that point? I know she go like I know she's there now, obviously, but for Ring of Honor. Yeah, I think she had done a couple small spots for Impact, um, but got scooped up fairly quickly uh, by WWE during that crazy talent acquisition period. Right. Yeah, and she was known, so it was like when she came out, like we knew her. It was like, oh, cool, and. Uh, it seemed like maybe they were going to start to, you know, build her up a bit. She doesn't win that dark match, but she's there. And then also in a rematch from our UK night two, Pete Dunne defeated Zach Gibson in 14 minutes to retain his title. I don't really have much memory of that. I remember the women's match, dark match. I do not remember much of this uh, UK title match. 
popcorn uh, UK title match. <laughs> I do remember this opener, though. It's the same as one we just talked about. Undisputed Era regained their tag team titles from Mustache Mountain to kick off the show. Just another amazing match between these two teams that have just impeccable chemistry. Failed just as special and just as awesome as their other stuff. Mustache Mountain, um, especially if you consider Bates' age, is just like insane what they were able to put together. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's it's up there with some of the best ever NXT tag matches. It's up there with some of the best ever overall company tag matches. Um, that said, you and I, like at least I did, had it slightly notched below the UK night one. So um, I think if you peruse some of the thoughts and feedback out there, folks seem to like this one. Like, you know, I've seen five star ratings thrown out on this one. I went four and a quarter. I think it's like awesome. It was great live. And a big moment with Undisputed Era getting the titles. So still an all-time match for me. Uh, but I, I actually thought it was a step below. Now, part of that could be, like, this is a great crowd, but it's not the British crowd, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not exactly a hometown crowd for Undisputed Era. I think that added a lot to the uh, the first encounter that we saw between uh, these two back at uh, UK Night 2. Um, I went four and a quarter. My match grade did not change it is equally as awesome. I would prefer this match over the UK match. Mm. But, um, I mean, that being said, like four and a quarter, it, again, it's another all-time match for us mm-hmm. uh, with these two tag teams. Um, incredible pace. Like, I, I, I can't, like, say enough good things about uh, Strong and O'Reilly as a tag team. Um, Mustache Mountain, they play their roles perfectly. Um, yeah. Love it. Love everything about it to uh, quote Bill Belichick. So uh, <laughs> four and a quarter for me. How dare you? <laughs> All right, up next, I, I guess, is a uh, fallout from the UK t- team uh, tournament there. Velveteen Dream taking on EC3 defeats him in 15 minutes. Velveteen, this is really starting his ascent now as a top character on NXT. Really started to capture the fans with his entrances and the uh, type of the matches he was working, which weren't the typical NXT go, go, go style, but like he blended that with more of a classical style and he was just really good at it. And a lot of it felt um, just like a dude that was a big student of the game. And look, I know we're talking him up here. This is just where we're at the season, right? Obviously his reputation and standing takes a warranted hit. But at this moment in time, looking at him, you feel like this is the dude that's going to be like a huge star. And mm-hmm. is it even, you know, should even be an NXT at this point should he have been called up right so there's like a lot of open questions around it but he um I mean he was super over EC3 I think was already like he had only just debuted not that long ago and he always already feels like he's kind of circling the drain a bit here he never felt like much of an NXT guy to me I think he should have had a brief stay and not that he ends up doing much on the main roster but like probably could have done a little bit more early on, just given his style, maybe it would have been better fit. So I went three and a quarter. Um, I like this match a decent bit. Uh, not, not, not the same for you though. Um, absolutely positively under no circumstances. Do I ever need to see EC three go 15 minutes in a match, <laughs> let alone with Velvet. He's a top 1%. Yeah. Uh, top 0%. In my opinion, I, do not desire to ever see him go 15 minutes. Um, that being said, he's probably, uh, at least at this point in time, a very capable WWE TV worker. Put him out there for five, six minutes, 
have him in a bunch of segments, not a bunch of segments, but uh, a more segment heavy character. I think he's fine. Um, but 15 minutes at a takeover, not for me. I went two and a quarter. Um, just could not wait for that match to be over. Pulling teeth for me. Look, no you know, thank you're you. having a strong night with these NXT grades. I'll give you one. It's okay. <laughs> we'll see if it bounced back with our next match, which is a very cool one on paper. That is Ricochet defeating Adam Cole, baby, for the NXT North American title. This felt like really perfect timing for this. Cole was ready to get into the world title picture. Like, him as North American champion felt maybe a little high for him at this point. Like, he, I mean, he's leading the top faction. Um, he's the head guy. It had been like Flair, you know, being U.S. champion while leading the horsemen. Like, it just, yeah. you know, I, I think it's time. And he would be toward the end. But when the horsemen were the horsemen, right, he's not. He's in the world title picture. That's where Cole needs to be. Ricochet has well earned the spot. 15 minutes. Insane pace. It's exactly what you would expect for these guys. Um, Ricochet looks super strong. It's clear they feel like they have something special in him to be one of the top guys in NXT. Um, and again, pushing Cole over to start to prep to be in the world title picture made a lot of sense too. So I thought this was really well done. Uh, some of the stuff that they busted out was amazing. Ricochet always just pulls shit out of his ass. That looks insane that no human should be able to do. Uh, so again, an all time match for me at four and a quarter, this is just really, really well done. The crowd was super into it, and it made both guys look like studs. I certainly have my critiques of this match, but as far as the PWG super everything is awesome style match um, delivered in a WWE setting, this is as good as it gets. I went four and a quarter as well. Uh, Cole brings like a fair amount of um, at least like heel psychology to what he's doing. Um, and you really felt the the urgency and this one actually had like Cole wanting to retain the championship. Like I could feel that during the matchup uh, and Ricochet wanting to win. Um, so that's a major win for me <laughs> um, during mm-hmm. this NXT season. Uh, Cause that's not always the case in these matches. So uh, yeah, this one, this one was a big one. Uh, of course, this one has a huge spot where uh, Ricochet goes for like the line salt and Cole catches him with the super kick. That's like a jump out of your chair kind of moment. So um and the rest of the match definitely delivered as well um so yeah four and a quarter for both of us and another all-time match all right so right back at it with another title match our women's match shannon baszler taking on Kyrie sane for the women's title baszler does retain i'm sorry uh, does lose a title here as Kyrie defeats her which i would consider an upset at the time um for sure i mean i, I like Kyrie Sane a lot but I, I was like Shayna was in such a run of dominance. It, it kind of came out of nowhere. I thought a little bit, um, but this is again, really well done. Like the finish was cool as um, you know, Sane goes to the big elbow. Baszler gets her knees up, but she counters that into a pin attempt and Baszler held the hold, but Kyrie was able to keep her pinned to the mat for the win. So, you know, you've seen it a lot, but like this was so smoothly done, you know, um, I just thought it was a really well-worked match. I thought Shayna did a nice job, uh, you know, using her power offense, and Kyrie just kept countering and countering until she could find the seam to end up winning. So it's likely we'll see, you know, not the end of this, or uh, will it continue on? Like, will Kyrie just be a transitional champion? Was she just a, uh, you know, traded back and forth champion, or is she going to be the, the standard bearer for the division going forward? 
all I know is this was a great match that I really, really liked a lot. I went three and three quarters, um, which shows you, like, you know, I think everyone remembers the horsewomen time in NXT with the females. Um, but this shows you, like, these women were still going um, at this point and still carrying the show uh, on their own. So, yeah, no, NXT is really good about, like, replenishing the cupboard mm-hmm. uh, during this run. They don't let the quality of the women's division dip at all. If anything, uh, as we go on, I think it starts to carry a little bit more. Um, I'm right there with you. I went three and three quarters as well. And I absolutely love that these two are presented as rivals. Uh, but we both know to have a good rivalry, uh, you also need to have like an exchange of wins. So I thought this yeah. was a really cool moment um, to have Zane go over. And at the same time, uh really like cement that this is an equal rivalry. And while mm-hmm. Baszler might be more physically uh, dominant, uh, Sane definitely has the wrestling ability and uh, the wherewithal to pull out a couple wins against Baszler. Our main event is a rematch from the uh, first NXT show we covered here uh. in Chicago too. And that is Johnny Gargano taking on Tommaso Ciampa. This is the last man standing match for the NXT title. Ciampa, of course, coming in with the belt. This goes 33 minutes. Uh, it's a long match. This is also infamously, uh, there was a guy sitting in front of us that could not pronounce Gargano to save his fucking life. Uh, <laughs> he kept calling him Garegano. Um, so it became a running joke with us. He's like, put him in the Garegano lock. Uh, so <laughs> Johnny Garegano has been a long joke uh, between me and uh, the cowboy, Mr. Morissette. Because we were just dying the whole time when he kept saying it. Last man standing, I don't know. Like, where are you on that as a gimmick overall? Um, I mean, I like it. I'll, I mean, I can get into it here. Like, I think last man standing works a little bit better when you have, I almost feel like it's kind of like a Clash of the Titans style matchup. Mm. Um, I think it works better when you have, for instance, like Roman Reigns versus the Big Show, right? right. Like, these two monstrous men. Uh, one even more monstrous than the other. So, like, what can be done to keep these two men down as opposed to, like, two more compact wrestlers? And mm-hmm. the thing that's, like, going to be the X factor is an intangible, like, who has more heart or, like, who just won't stay down. Like, that, that is harder to quantify than, like, you know, seeing, like, a, an impressive feat, like, you know, Big Show being kept down by Roman Reigns. So, um, yeah, for me, I, I didn't think this was the right call for this feud, but um, where are you at with Last Man Standing? Yeah, I think I'm alongside you. I, I, I mean, the 10 count can hurt, right, if you don't build the drama right. I don't know some people are, like, really down on the gimmick as a whole. Like, Cena Umaga, I love, right? So, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that, that shows where it works really well. I've always yep. liked the Jericho Triple H one. I know that one can have some distractors as well out there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it just... Yeah, I think that it's good. The pace has to be there. What hurts in a match like this is these guys, and I don't know, maybe it's for better or worse, right? Like, they feast on the near fall, the dramatic big move, kicking out. You lose that, right, with with guys like this and, and, and NXT at this time. So uh, maybe it's a positive, right? If you're sick of that style, it's something different. The problem is it seems like they're still unloading the same stuff, and now we're waiting 10 seconds instead of two to kick out. Um that said, I liked it a lot. I still went four and a quarter. Uh, so for me, it would be an all-time match. And um, th- that's a little notch below Chicago for me. I had it at four and a half. 
I don't know. Like I thought they had some nice callbacks here as well. I remember being into it live. I think, you know, we didn't watch New Orleans for this project. I'd have to rewatch that match, but I feel like that's probably my favorite of the bunch. So it's been a little bit of diminishing returns throughout all this. I do think they do a good job, though, of bringing a lot of like callbacks all throughout these matches. Like, I, I think that's well done through this. I don't know. I just think this is better if it's like 20 minutes and not last man standing. Like, even if they went like I quit or something, you know, um, and actually, I guess we've seen Umaga as I quit, right? Or is that last man standing? Did I miss that? was on the that? last man standing. Okay, I thought so. All right. Yeah. So if this, if maybe you go I quit on this instead, right? Or something like that, where you're you're building drama in a different way. I just saw last man standing to your point. Like these aren't guys known for like their big knockouts or big moves. They're guys that can work a hell of a match and find creative ways to win that match. And like last man standing doesn't lend itself as well to that. Yeah, like, why couldn't they have, like, a submission match? Like, that would have been, right. yeah. you know, something better suited. And even then, like, within the submission match, you can get creative and use, uh, you know, different weapons and the environment and stuff like that to force a submission. Um, and play a little bit closer to, like, Bretton Austin, as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, trying to right. cosplay, like, Big Show Roman here. Um, well, in these matches, like, Bretton Austin, like, stuff like that is it's best when you're not over expecting it, right? Like they've set such a bar for themselves mm-hmm. and then you put this gimmick in place. Wouldn't it have been better, like to your point, just do a submission or no gimmick and just go fucking wild. Like just do false con anywhere or whatever, you know, and just go insane versus like these expectations of last man standing make you think you have to kill someone. No, I, I get it. Last man standing is like a good avatar for a feud ender, right? As a name. So it's like, this is it finally. Um, so maybe that's the way to go. I don't know, but yeah. Yeah, and is this the third match between these two? Yeah, they fought in New Orleans, Chicago, and here. Okay. So at least a third match. Um, and I think they're done. I hope so. Um, at least, I mean, for us, they're done. For us, yeah. Uh, I know they still have the I feel like was there one more beat. on TV or something? Yeah, the one final beat uh, that was like, very beginning of covid that right. was supposed to be takeover wrestlemania tampa takeover tampa whatever right right um so for me when you add into the fact that this the this the last man standing match was miscast for these two um they should have had a different stipulation match that played more to their uh both visible uh and i guess wrestling ability uh I don't know. Gifts. Um, the fact that this is now the third match. Um, and they've just done too much, like you said. Like, mm-hmm. they've pulled out all the stops before, and each time they have to keep raising the bar, and, like, the ceiling is maxed out. Like, it won't go any higher. It felt like they were going long because that's what Johnny Gargano does at TakeOver. Mm-hmm. Just goes long. Would a ladder match have been better? Anything, I think, would have been better at this point than a last man standing match. Um, I I went two and and a quarter. (laughs) I mean, that's comically low, but okay. I I don't ever want to see this match again, and I couldn't wait for it to be done. Yeah, I know. I thought it was just like callbacks for the sake of callbacks, even though they were logical. Mm. Um, They're just like regurgitating everything that we had seen before 
to stretch out this match with some, I mean, truly nasty and insane bumps. Don't get me wrong. Like the damage inflicted was there. Um, so not taking away from like the actual execution at all. It's more so just like the booking and the situation that they're put into. And some of the spots, like they do a spot where I think Gargano gets buried underneath a bunch of chairs. Um, and it's, it's like the big show spot. I'm like, he's not the big show. Like I can believe and like be shocked and have a genuine reaction when Braun Strowman or Roman Reigns or the big show, like pops up from this pile of rubble that they've been Mm -hmm. buried under. I can believe that that's a cool visual, but like when a 175 pound athlete does it, um, it's not, it's not as like visually stimulating and, Right. It's it that is like comical to me. Um, yeah, yeah. I just um, it's it's not for me. Um, and yeah, it just it went too long. Like a, a twenty minute sprint, mm-hmm. which is insane to think like twenty minutes could be a sprint. But like with these two, that would have played much better. And I think like if you look at some of the great trilogies, uh, I think of like Flare Steamboat, right? their famous trilogy. Uh, I think of Joe and punk even, mm-hmm. right. The third match is always like, like a curveball from the other right. two. Like it's a change up. Uh, the matches end much earlier at a point where like, you're not expecting because they've already done everything in matches one and two. Um, and that's, that was ultimately like the, the downfall of this matchup. I felt like, like it, it just went on way too long um, past the point of like missing its exit for me. So, I don't know, according to the site I found, so this is one match. They fought in New Orleans, then Chicago, then here. Uh, they also had fought in the Cruiserweight Classic in 2016, um, which is the second meeting of the two. While they were teammates, they fight in that tournament. And then they fought, I don't know if this is when you talk about, August 4th, Empty Arena, 2020. Okay, so that was all the way in August, okay. Yeah, Gargano cost Ciampa the title at, t- at TakeOver Portland. Um, I think you're right though. I think they were supposed to fight in Tampa. Um, but this is one where they destroy the arena or whatever. Okay. They do. It's more like a cinematic match. Okay. Where Gargano was kind of the, I guess the heel here and Ciampa was the face. So I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Cause that's where he's got the cup on. That's like the big reveal. I think like that was like getting totally way off course like i think well, that was like candace kind of turns on him or whatever. yeah right or yeah i think that was like, like she was gonna turn was but she did. yeah 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 okay i was i, I that what well, that got me to be like i'm i'm officially done watching this yeah well that whole era is fake <laughs> <laughs> doesn't count doesn't count didn't happen all right so that nets us out to a uh pretty Damn good, five point seven five. Uh, but again, below behind that second night of that tournament, UK tournament, one of the best maybe overlooked in-ring quality shows of all time. <laughs> all right, let's see how the rest of the uh, info stacks up here, though. So for build, we gave a point for a really strong opening video, which we don't give a lot to on NXTs. Like usually, they're pretty perfunctory, um, but this one I thought really stood out. Uh, a really good back and forth war over the tag titles or both teams are prevent presented evenly. So a point for that, where I feel like it was anyone's game, um, 
a point for the women's title playing off the May on Classic Finals. So that was cool story building there. Uh, a point for EC3 and Velveteen Dream going from partners to, to jealousy between the two. Uh, a point for the really good story with Cole trying to prove Ricochet was nothing special. That was the whole point of their feud where, you know, anyone like anyone can do the shit you're doing, Ricochet. You're not special, right? And then he ended up oh, outworking him and showing why he was so special. So the story there was really cool. All right. And for the minuses, uh, the triple threat NXT title build being nixed due to uh, Aleister Black's injury. Mm-hmm. And uh, failing to adjust, putting Champlain Gargano in a rough spot. Like I said earlier, like the whole match was just miscast, um, right. and Booking did them no favors uh, having to go out there and, and do that match so closely, um, tied to like the matches they did earlier. So mm-hmm. um, I, they had a really good chance here to like do something different and like do a quick pivot. Right. And I feel like NXT had the reputation for doing that, and they don't in this situation, uh, and they just focus on another Gargano and Ciampa match. So uh, I think it added to maybe a level of like disappointment going into the match that Mm -hmm. we didn't get something else. Yep. All right. So that's a plus four for build. So strong there. Uh, Commentary in a morrow. I thought did a nice job talking up the legendary tag team feuds or history Uh, mentions how Jim Neidhart trained Roddy strong. So he's paying tribute to the recently uh, passed away uh, Jim Neidhart. And uh, Morrow also name drops uh, the legendary Tom Morello, which always gets a point for me. Uh, of course, guitarist for Rage Against the Machine and uh, has an awesome uh, lot of shows on SiriusXM, actually. Uh, has one on Lithium and then one where he bounces around to the different shows as well. So if you're a, a fan at all of that style um, of music, his stuff on Sirius is really good. And a big time activist, etc. Yes. Uh, I'm too poor to afford serious, but uh, I'll take your word for it. Uh, I do love uh, some Tom Morello. I'll get you my uh, app login, man. I didn't know. <laughs> and you can listen in. I'm a, I'm a Spotify guy. Okay. Um, let's get into the minuses here. We got uh, Soundbite Percy makes his return. Uh, we went mm. minus two there. I really um, enjoyed not hearing him in the UK stuff. Like, <laughs> I get it, but man, it is like just Percy. Here's a list of words to read for the video game. Can you do it? Yeah. Here yeah. he comes to the ring. <laughs> Five what will seconds. he do next? Yeah. Oh, how deep does he have to dig? Come on, man. I uh, got to do a little bit more than that. Uh, all night. And this is something I talked about during uh, Cole and Ricochet. It's more about performances instead of winning. Uh, that is like really a big sticking point for me. Uh, comparing superstars to more popular pop culture icons makes the superstar seem lesser uh, and not unique. Putting Champa over as tough despite uh, the Weasley and lucky nature of the finish. So, and of course, this is the finish where uh, they've got about 10 minutes of Champa handcuffed to some part of the quote-unquote mm-hmm. structure uh and gargano does the running knee and misses by about a mile and flips over and yeah it's to me it's a mess i mean if you're compared to tom Morello, you're always gonna look lesser so mm-hmm. uh all right negative three there for commentary so i've kind of settled back in with percy returning offsetting you know it's a good uh, nigel can only carry so much when it's two on one so all right, atmosphere. We gave a point for the awesome pop for Undisputed Era's entrance. Another point yeah. for Cole's entrance. Both are just incredible every time. Uh, we gave a point to the Horsewoman being in the crowd for the NXT Women's Title match, which was really mm-hmm. cool. Added to the importance, and it felt like okay, 
like here are these legends coming to watch the next level of women's matches in NXT. A point for Velveteen's Dreams entrance, which is also awesome, uh, always awesome. Uh, a point for the crowd buzz when Shayna was bending and stomping on Kyrie's ankle. This is completely nasty, and it was one of those like, oh, you know, like responses. Yeah. Crowd. And a point because of how engaged that crowd was in that main event. Um, Thirty-three minutes, a lot of kind of down, up and down time, but that crowd is from bell to bell is like engaged in that match. Yeah, you couldn't ask for a better crowd uh, for that main event to to stick through everything and stuff they've already seen before and uh go back to the horsewomen like that was a really big moment because yes. like there's always the rumors and i'm i'm still surprised we never got it but like mm-hmm. the horsewoman on horsewoman you know yeah four on four survivor series or wrestlemania match like it's crazy like, they never did it yeah. like okay here we go like they're officially on screen like canon all that good stuff like we know they're training Mm-hmm. Um, this that, and the other. So it felt like that was going to be the official start of something that, you know, ultimately we never got and just yep. still boggled my mind how that never happened. Um, we'll touch on the minuses here. Uh, nothing to stand out to give Brooklyn, um, a real like feel uniqueness to the set. Uh, and then, uh, the one, two sweet count constantly or chant, uh, by the crowd and, uh, I wasn't alone. Like nobody cared about EC3. So, uh, and the longer that match went on, uh, it did not do him any favors. All right. So that's a three, uh, for atmosphere. So kind of dinged a bit for such a hot crowd and such a big night, uh, moments, a little, little bit on the light side, perhaps, but still a lot going on. Uh, undisputed error, every, you know, regaining the tag titles, um, was a, a big moment for them. Also, we didn't talk about this yet, but there were war Raiders, attack undisputed era after their win and um had they debuted yet or they, i think they had recently debuted right but they weren't like uh, I, established yet fully i think like, that this was their wasn't debut, their debut but their signing was known of leaked but i think it was known i think that was their debut okay. okay well it was well done either way um they really put a good beating uh, it was also the arrival of matt riddle we see him in the crowd uh, here he gets announced out to the the live crowd. So, you know, they do this a lot with it. The new signees are there. So uh, point for that uh, point for Ricochet becoming North American champion uh, point for Velveteen Dream. Really just starting to build that top star aura. like it's a big moment for him here. It, it, you coming into these couple weeks, you would have thought maybe him and EC3 are like on the same level. You know, like they've been presented together up and coming stars here it feels like he's like six levels above coming yes, out of it. Yep. So it was like a really good elevation point for him. A point for Kyrie Sane winning the women's title. A point for what looked to be the end of DIY's feud uh, ending here tonight. The final time they're gonna fight. Champa wins the belt, uh, keeps the belt. So it felt like this is we're gonna get a break now. It feels like they're gonna split it apart. And uh, we gave a point for the Champa air raid crash to the table, which is just a great spot. Yeah, it was, it was a nasty bump, uh, them going through the table. Uh, let's get into the minuses. After 30-plus uh, minutes of uh, hard-fall action, the finishes, Johnny Gargano's knee hurts, uh, <laughs> and all, all of that those at the end, um, just not needed at the end of the main event. All right, so that's a total score of six for moments, so pretty strong. 5.75 for match grades. Uh, we give one point. Uh, for the pluses for card structure that they really ramped up like a typical NXT card and closed with the three biggest pit matches on paper. Yeah, and um, for the minuses, I really thought that the War Raiders attacking mm-hmm. 
Undisputed Era, especially after such like an all-time match, uh, put sympathy on the Undisputed Era. Like right. you're attacking the heels after an <laughs> insane match. Um, while the War Raiders being there was a huge plus. Uh, the psychology of them actually attacking the heels. Yeah, they should have attacked Mustache Mountain after the loss. Like that would have res- I know. I know they're trying to make their point. Well, I guess they're supposed to be faces, right? So I don't fucking know. Yeah. You're right. It's it's weird. Um, you're only going to have sympathy after such an amazing match. I don't know how else they could have done it. Um, but because, I mean, they're there to make their intention known, right? They're coming for the tag title, so. Right. I, I think the easiest way is to have Undisputed Era get on the mic and, like, you know, run their mouth real quick. Right. right. And yeah. then War Raiders. Or attack Mustache Mountain after the bell. Maybe have Cole come out. To, well, I guess you try to save him for later. And fish is hurt, right? So, yeah, maybe grab a chair and smash Tyler Bate with a chair. Just something yeah. like that, right? To, like, give the War Raiders a reason to come out. Yeah. Um, and uh, the main event went about 10 minutes too long, which, you know, exactly like you said, 20 mm-hmm. minutes would have been, you know, a much sweeter spot for that match. And this one, you know, 30 plus. So uh, I think you're right on the nose there. All right. So it's a negative one. For card structure, uh, rewatchability, give a point for all the Mustache Mountain power spots, which are just, like, awesome to watch. Mm-hmm. Just incredible displays. And a point for the uh, Cole Ricochet moonsault super kick during that match, which is just awesome looking, too. Yeah, such a cool visual. Mm-hmm. Um, and the only minus we got is the uh, long main event with the flat finish. All right, so that's a one for rewatchability. We got two for all-time matches, which is pretty high. <laughs> Not too many shows for us. Yeah. Uh, have have get two there. Um, so then that's up to a 17.75. So a really good overall outing um, for NXT Brooklyn 4. And that said, Marcus, do we want to go ahead and do our overall list to show where these fall? Let's do it. Uh, I'll get us started okay. with uh, Over the Limit 2011 is our uh, basement show right now at a negative nine. Night of Champions 2011 at a negative three. WrestleMania 11 with a negative 0.75. I remember we thought that may be like the fulcrum show in the middle, <laughs> in the basement. Uh, Omation Chamber 2012 with a 2.75. No Mercy 1999, the UK edition uh, with a four. Royal Rumble 1995 with a 5.5. TLC 2011 with a 6.25. Rumble 2012 with a 6.5. King of the Ring 1994, how much does this guy weigh? 6.5. Survivor Series 94, 7.75. Extreme Rules 2011 with an 8.75. Survivor Series 99, 8.75 as well. The SummerSlam 1994 with a 9. The Vengeance 2011 with 9.5. Hell in a Cell 2011, 11 and a half. Rebellion 99, 12 and a half. No Mercy 1999, the U.S. edition, 13. All right, UK Championship 2018 Night 2, what we talked about earlier tonight, comes in at 13.25. So, I mean, pretty good for that. Like, we're looking at just inside the top 20 for that show. So, pretty strong. Yeah. About, about the midway point for us. Uh, Capital Punishment 2011 with a 13.75. WrestleMania 2000, also with a 13.75. WrestleMania 28 with a 14.5. Armageddon 1999 with a 15.75. King of the Ring 1999 with a 16. Backlash 1999 with 16 and a quarter. Unforgiven 99, 16 and a half. 
Take over Brooklyn four, what we just talked about right now with 17.75. So that's just outside the top 10. Um, it's at number 11 right now. So top 11 finish for that show. Pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, one full award point behind it is, uh, or ahead, it is Survivor Series 2011 with an 18.75. UK Championship Tournament Night 1 with a pretty incredible 21.75. I mean, that's a top eight show for us right now. Wow. top nine show, which is pretty crazy. Impressive. Uh, NXT TakeOver Chicago 2 with a 22.5. No Way Out 2000 with a 22.5. The SummerSlam 2011 with a 23. Uh, that starts our top five at four is fully loaded. 99 with 26.25. Highly controversial, fully loaded. 1999 <laughs> yes. uh, coming in at number three is Royal Rumble 2000 with a 28.5 money. In the bank 2011, our second best show, 28.75. And up in a different stratosphere right now <laughs> is SummerSlam 1999 with a total of 38.25. It's all about the moments, pal. Uh, definitely a big driver for that. But I, I feel pretty good with these NXTs um, because my fear was like, oh, OK, like because you just think about them, right? Like just loads of great matches. It outpaces Dodi. It's not even close. But I feel like we get some good spread here. We got a couple that have finished pretty high and a couple kind of in the middle. So look, I think we're looking OK. That said, we got some big ones coming. <laughs> like We got mm-hmm. the rest of the season alone. War Games to New York, Phoenix. Like those are all really well regarded takeovers. So. Um, something tells me like we'll be proliferating this top end. Um, so we'll see, we'll see how it washes out. So we'll be back next week. So our next episode in two weeks time, uh, we will be diving into war games, 2018. And, uh, so it's war games two, And then back to UK again for UK takeover Blackpool. Uh, that's their first real kind of proper takeover as a brand. So, We'll dig into those. And then after that, Marcus, we're already almost at the end of the season. We'll only have one more to go after. There'll be Phoenix in New York. So can't um, wait. Four shows left to uh, get through for this season of NXT 1819. Uh, anything left you want to hit before we wrap up? Um, if you want to go ahead and uh, give myself and not the tool man, Tim Taylor, a listen here, uh, viewer's choice after every major WWE uh, pay-per-view as well as AEW. Uh, and also over on uh, the soon-to-be-named network, we do a podcast called Final Wrestling Place where we put the uh, nouns professional wrestling into a hypothetical good place or bad place plus, uh, based on arbitrary red points or green points. Uh, but that's it for me. All right, check that out, plus everything else we mentioned earlier and beyond at the North South Connection. Appreciate all of your support patronage. Leave us a rating, leave us a review. That stuff definitely helps us out. We appreciate that and everything else, all the other feedback as well. So, till next time, live your life above replacement level. Red love, Biggie, Brooklyn, hippie, I pity the fool with Jews like Mr. T with no history in my barrow. They borrow with no intentions of returning tomorrow. The sun don't come up for many like Annie. Half often, mama never had an abortion. Papa sort of did. Still, I managed to live. I go hard. I owe it all to the crib. Now, please tell me what the f- is harder than this.